It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Next is now. What is next? The First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is urging anyone visiting or working in the temples of the church around the world to wear masks. This isn't the first time that uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have urged its members uh, to wear masks or to uh, take precautions to protect themselves uh, and others. To talk about this, to break it down, uh, Sarah Jane Weaver, the editor of the Church News, joins us. Sarah, thanks for jumping on today. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, so this was a letter from the First Presidency and uh, talking about uh, temples in particular. And uh, I want to, to start with just a little bit of a, a baseline there uh, that talked about uh, in this letter that uh, they, the First Presidency is grateful that uh, they've been able to at least have some level of work going on in every temple around the world and that their desire is to keep those temples open and uh, and then, of course, to do that, uh, they want to make sure that uh, face masks are being worn and, in- and continuing to urge everyone to receive vaccines. This also is not uh, something new coming from the First Presidency of the Church. Yeah, if you'll remember, 18 months ago when the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, uh, they suspended church gatherings worldwide in, re- in response to all things COVID-19. And it was just two weeks later that they closed temples worldwide. And then as circumstances allowed and opportunities arose, they found ways for members to to again worship in the temple. They had a phased approach uh, that included small groups to come in. Um, And and then they moved to a place where, where larger groups and uh, could could again worship in the temple, and I I think they're worried that they may have to pull back on that. And I think that was an important part of this letter. Um, in, in terms of that, it says uh, as cases of COVID nineteen increase in many areas, we want to do everything possible to allow temples to remain open. Therefore, effective immediately, all temple patrons and workers are asked to wear face masks at all times while in the temple. These safety protocols are temporary based on COVID-19 conditions and will be rescinded as soon as circumstances permit. Yeah, and you know, I love that they say that their desire is to keep temples open. You know, Latter-day Saints consider temples to be the pinnacle of their worship and uh, a sacred space and a place they can go to find peace and comfort. And, And I suspect during this time when a lot of people are sensing divisiveness and turmoil and uncertainty, that uh, senior church leaders just want to make sure those spaces are available to their membership. Yeah, I think it is uh, taking every precaution to do that. I wanted to get into this particularly with you, Sarah, in the letter, again, quoting from the letter from the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It says, Are urging church members to be vaccinated and to protect themselves and others from the spread of disease has precedence. Uh, goes on to say that the First Presidency shared similar messages in 1900 about smallpox and in 1957 regarding polio. 
I know you've looked at that in terms of some precedent, in terms of what the Church has done over the years. Give us some insight there. Well, I specifically found the the November 17, 1900 message very interesting. Uh, President Lorenzo Snow, who was then president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and his counselor in the First Presidency, President George Q. Cannon, uh, shared this message about small, smallpox, and they said they wanted church members to employ every precaution to prevent the spread of the disease. But this is the part that is so interesting. In there, they actually wrote that everyone wasn't sure about vaccinations. They said, quote, we are aware there is a difference of opinion in the community as to the merits of this question, and we have felt reluctant to express ourselves publicly on it. Now, however, we feel to suggest and recommend that people generally avail themselves to the opportunity to become vaccinated. So this is something that they had thought about. Um, Even then, there was differing opinions on vaccinations. And we have to remember that this is at a time when vaccinations weren't required for kids to go to school. You know, Boyd, you and I have traveled all over the world, and and there are countries that before we can enter, we have to show proof of certain vaccinations in order to to, uh, enter there. And and so this is a time in 1900 where there may have even been more apprehension to vaccinations, and yet yet they're saying so definitively, we want we want our membership to avail themselves of this opportunity. Uh, I think it's so fascinating. I again. Folks, this is 1900, 1900. Uh, this is the quote. We are aware that there is a difference of opinion in the community. <laughs> I, I, I think that was a forecast uh, into the uh, into today. But but we also know just uh, six decades later, uh, as the world really struggled with polio, the first presidency weighed in again. Yeah. And, and this time they said, we're just grateful there is assurance and hope in the prospect of a universal protective vaccine. vaccine. And, and this is, of course, against polio. Um, and there was so much fear um, at that time for that disease. And, and I think there was, in 1957, a lot of hope brought by vaccinations. Yeah, and I think that's a, uh, a vital thing. And, of course, the church does have a long history when it comes to to vaccinations, not just in encouraging members to avail themselves of that, but also in uh, investing uh, both in terms of dollars and resources uh, to provide vaccines for people around the world. Well, you know, in 1976, they actually uh, encouraged members not only to be vaccinated, but to participate in immunization campaigns across the world. And that was in connection with with swine flu. So yeah. So there is a very de- uh, definitive history there. Yeah. Uh, and so I think today's uh, announcement, today's letter from the First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, again, dealing specifically with temples, uh, is really a reaffirmation of what they've really done, not just going back uh, over the last uh, months of the pandemic, uh, but really going uh, all the way back through the history of the church. Well, and, and you know, Boyd, this is the third time since January uh, of this year that the First Presidency has encouraged people to get vaccinated and to employ other precautions like masks. So important and uh, such critical information there. We always look to Sarah Jane Weaver, editor of The Church News, uh, to help us break that down and put some perspective and some framing on that. Uh, I do think it's also interesting that a uh, a community 
that remember back to the early days of the pandemic uh, actually created by hand over six million masks uh, in just a matter of weeks uh, is now being encouraged once again to uh, deploy every means necessary to protect self and others and particularly to keep the temples open uh, so that uh, the work that is done there and the uh, worship that happens there uh, can continue. Is there anything else we should be looking for? No, but but I do think it's really interesting that that the leaders who sent this message out today in January, the first time they could become vaccinated themselves were. Uh, so in early January, when the rule was anyone over 70 is qualified to receive vaccinations, um, the entire First Presidency of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the five members of the Quorum of the Twelve who were over 70 uh, stepped up and received vaccinations themselves. So, so they're uh, not just talking the talk, but they're walking the walk on this one. Yeah, great insight as always. Sarah Jane Weaver, editor of the Church News. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, thank you. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we've been talking a lot about how to help others. Where are the real solutions? What is government to do? What are communities to do? What are we to do? Let's talk about it coming up next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.